Welcome to the Biz Design Enterprise Architecture Podcast. I'm your host, Will Hardison, and in these podcasts, we talk to leaders in the areas of enterprise architecture and how they and their teams deliver value to their organizations to advance strategy, optimize operations, and reduce and manage risks. Now, let's get down to business. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Architecture Podcast produced by BizDesign. I'm Will Hardison, one of BizDesign's marketing managers, and if my recording sounds a little bit different than normal, well, that's because I'm sitting in my hotel room at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada, gearing up for day two of the Gartner Application and Solutions Summit, and I'm using my phone as a recording device. Hey, you've got to do what you have to do sometimes, but I am so glad you're tuning in because we've got a great episode for you today. In this episode, we'll listen in on our awesome fireside chat that is focused on the state of enterprise architecture from our Biz Design Connect conference that we held back in April of this year. So every year, we survey over 1,000 enterprise architects to get their take on the state of enterprise architecture. And so we combine all of those results into a full report, which can be found on our website under the resources tab. But in this episode, we'll hear from industry leaders as they unpack their thoughts on the results of our survey. We'll cover topics such as overcoming the challenges of showing value to your organization and how enterprise architecture helps your organization align with business investments. Now, I hope you enjoy this fireside chat from our Biz Design Connect conference around the state of enterprise architecture. Welcome. Thanks for joining our fireside chat. My name is Jennifer. I'm a customer success manager here at BizDesign, and I'm here with Yoast, our product manager from BizDesign, who just actually celebrated 20 years with BizDesign. So that's a great accomplishment. Very excited also to have Paulo, principal enterprise architect from HSBC, Armin from Hydro, the head of enterprise architect, architecture, and Deepak, um, our enterprise architect from Ameren. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'd like to start off by um, letting you know about, um, let's see, Um, letting you know about the section in the docs corner on the right-hand side. There is a downloadable enterprise architecture, um, state of enterprise architecture document there for you. And our first question comes from that survey that we did earlier this year, and we published the results that polled um, about a thousand architects and architecture leaders from um, around the world. And our first question is around the top priority for EA. So what was interesting to us is that um, it actually ranked higher that for enterprise architects to um, demonstrate the value to the business, it ranked higher than actually delivering value to the business. And so that was a surprising um um, result for us. And so clearly, um, you know, it's it's a challenge for demonstrating business, it's demonstrating value to the business. So this first question here is for Armin. I'd like to ask you, what are your thoughts on those challenges for demonstrating value to the business? Well, I think, uh, you know, as blunt as as these Germans are typically, you know, my 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 key take on this this is if you're not able to demonstrate value, you are becoming irrelevant. You need to be a sparring partner to the business. You need to have 
uh, a possibility to talk with them where they are, meet them where they are, but uh, use our tools, our methods, our technologies to basically lift the discussion. Very often we we, we are engaged uh, coming from uh, single use case problems, you know, the problem at hand that someone has. But we, are, we have a capability to abstract on a higher level. We see the patterns, we see the commonalities across and, and the reuse potential to provide meaningful architecture to go beyond. And then you are also able to demonstrate value. And you need to talk the language of the business. If you, you know, we are not in an ivory tower. Sometimes we get uh, get the blame that, ah, you're, you're a headquarter, you're in the ivory tower. But actually we, we are not. We meet the business basically every day in our discussions and try to find solutions that meet basically the, the immediate needs from the business, but address the enterprise goals as a whole. So, and then, then obviously you get, get good credit for delivering value, demonstrated and delivered value out of what you produce. So that's, that's my simple take. You need to be relevant and you show it by demonstrating this value. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Go have you also been given? Um, are you have you also been mandated by by your management team as well to to do so? Because I can see that that might also be like a, a problem in in some organizations. Well, we have we have in for in in Hydro we have a, we have a mandate for uh, my role, and obviously that that gets then kind of delegated to my team. We have a we have a strong mandate for. Uh, enterprise architecture in hydro when we have bodies that support basically the decision making but uh, at the end of the day uh, it's uh, it's the decision of the head of enterprise architecture for example to allow certain technologies to endorse certain uh, architectures in hydro to meet business needs and also to intervene yeah with a with a I say license to kill uh, if there is if there is architectures proposed that are not endorsed and that are not supporting the target state that we strive for. So yes, we have we have a strong mandate and we we uh, also defend that uh, every day. Yeah, but we it's it's obviously a learning process. Yeah, you have uh, some healthy friction because people have different opinions, and then then uh, this uh, this uh, creative friction uh, also leads to to good results, meeting business needs but securing the integrity of our architecture. Okay, thanks. Uh, maybe maybe um, a little leap then from the business needs to, to business uh, investments. Um, maybe Deepak, um, can you elaborate maybe a, a little bit on how um, EA helps your organization uh, to align with your um, business investments? Yeah, you know, um, we're doing a couple of things this year. First, we're focusing on application rationalization across our portfolios. Uh, that app, app rat ties into our overall goal of reducing O&M spend. Oh, we're identifying duplicate systems and capabilities that hopefully we can uh, retire. And then we're also focusing on what applications can go to the cloud. Uh, and that will kind of reduce our overall uh, ongoing cost for running those applications. Uh, the second piece is we're partnering with our strategy and demand planning teams to make sure our future projects are aligning to our overall company strategy. Um, so our roadmaps that our group produces helps our leadership identify the capabilities that are realized and then how they align back to our strategic goals. And this gives them the insights to see what projects should be funded in the upcoming years. Okay, thank. Um, and maybe uh, Paolo, what's your, what's your take on this one? 
Yeah, we've gone through the same approach where we're creating, you know, providing the business uh, view of some of the strategic status of applications, the tech debt that we own, the, the roadmaps for applications, what's to be demised, the buy, hold, sell strategy. But what we've done also is we've tried to speak in, in the business language. So we're not talking in technologies or applications. We are talking in capabilities, important business services. So when we talk to, to the business, we say, for your customer relationship management, you have 20 applications of which 10 are uh, legacy or do not align with your strategic or business intent. So we don't necessarily speak about the applications like uh, Microsoft Dynamics or anything like that. We, we talk in, the, in, in business terms, so they automatically understand that. And we also talk about the, the value of the business capability that it is providing to them. So that language is important because it gets them engaged straight away and it makes sense to them when you're talking about a business process, a capability. Once you get them engaged, then you can start talking and bring them down to the depths of the technology because they've already understand what the total cost of ownership will be and the impact on that. Um, the other thing we tend to do is uh, with the investment portfolios that we're happening in 2024, all the business cases come in, they have to consider total cost of ownership of that full capability, not only the application they are changing. So um, it's just bringing those things into the forefront and bringing a lot of the, the insights that we're now gathering, lifting them up level to the business. Intent. So. Um. Uh, um, um, I think uh, uh, all of you are, uh, of course, uh, um, uh, uh, business design users um, um, using uh, 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 business design as part of a, a complete tool chain of a complete uh, ecosystem. Um, maybe uh, uh, I'll stay with you, uh, Paolo. Maybe can you elaborate a little bit on um, how you integrate with, with other tools, what other tools you you use what other data you leverage uh, in the platform. Uh, what insights this gives to, gives to you, and if you maybe have uh, certain uh, uh, other plans to integrate more with uh, with other tools. Sure. Um, as you can imagine, you know, it's, it's enterprise architecture. We have to look across all architecture domains. So you start with the business, um, data, technology. You've got to you've got to go the breadth. Automatically, when it comes to business, you've People are capturing their business processes in one tool, uh, in our case, three or four tools. So that would be case-wise, Aris, et cetera, lots of tools where they design their processes. Then when you're talking about um, data, your entity relationship models, your uh, common data model, they're all captured in perhaps something like Calibra. Or, so again, another tool. Then technology, uh, your repositories are held in ServiceNow, or there can be. So we've got a plethora of tools that different architecture domains use, and we call them the architecture repository tools or the data repository, asset repositories. So those are our challenges, is how do you lift all that data that resides in these separate tools into business design? So we, what we've done, um, we've done a, a, some of them we integrated API directly, so we can have refreshes automatically into those tools. In other cases where the, the, the tool is not that adaptive and, and advanced, we do extracts and load those extracts on a daily basis into business design. So we've got a living 
architecture, data-driven architecture within biz design. So we import all those models. We've created a meta model within biz design that allows us to see the relationships in Archimate. So we can see the relationships and navigate through them. So if you're coming in from a, a business process, you can go right down to the hardware, or if you're coming in from a software application, you can go to a business application and, and navigate your way through the Archimate model that we've created in business design. But all that data has been imported. So that is from ServiceNow, PlanView, Calibra, CaseWise, the RUCFC. The list just goes on because there's a lot of data residing in, in, in Kutikas. What you don't want to be doing is replicating data because a lot of these tools have already got strong processes. The users are familiar with it. Uh, you want to let them use it. I'm a true believer that not this one is not always the solution, you know, especially for an organization our size with 42,000 people in IT. It, you cannot mandate one tool. You've got to allow that flexibility of people doing it as long as they speak the same language, and that's key. So Archimate, we try and force everybody down the BPMN notations. So if they use notations, we can export and import the data very freely from one system to the other. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, of course, uh, maybe also uh, uh, Deepak at Amron, um, how, what do you do over there with, uh, with integrations? Yeah, uh, similar to what Paulo said, um, last year we did two main integrations into our business design system. The first one was our with our portfolio management uh, tool that contains all our business cases for future projects. Um, this information is pretty vital for our architects to produce our roadmaps, our five-year roadmaps. And this allows us to kind of generate different views based on information within that business case. So, for example, if leadership wanted to uh, have a roadmap on our cloud investments for next year, we could quickly produce that roadmap in business design based on the data we imported and how we mapped it into our system. Um, the second integration was with ServiceNow. This allowed us to kind of bring in the system components into business design that are really leveraged by our solution architecture group. Um, so they create these architecture documents for each project. So they're able to create these uh, detailed diagrams within business design, uh, importing these system components and, and mapping out the dependencies for a project. Okay, uh, thanks. Um, and Armin uh, at Hydro, any any other angles than uh, well the like what we uh, hear a lot like uh, um, applications or uh, projects? Uh, anything else? Well, we have we have, and you will see that in the in the in the demo later in our track. I think when we when we modeled our INT strategy into this design, we obviously connected then initiatives to projects and the the project status. We keep also a bit like well, Paolo has. There is we we are not using Primavera. We're using uh, Clarity uh, PPM from from CA uh, originally. It's Broadcom now. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, as a as a PMO tool to oversee uh, uh, project delivery, and obviously we connect uh, strategic initiatives to individual projects through an interface to slurp in uh, the the project status from from uh, this PPM tool. On the other hand, we have like many have uh, links to service uh, now. Uh, we link up to an application repository that we have built there, which is then also com consumed in, in IT operations to link business services and then configuration items uh, uh, down the line to it. So it's not not very spectacular. I'm pretty sure Paolo has a, a, a huge myriad of integrations. We are not that far and advanced yet, but our organization is obviously also way smaller uh, when we have 
we have not 40,000 people in the whole company. So uh, yeah, you can make an educated guess how large our IT is. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. So we've talked a lot about, you know, the data that you get into biz design. So let's talk a little bit about um, the results that you get from having that data in there. So we know that there's going to be more consumers of the data other than our enterprise architects. What other stakeholders do you have that consume your content and what do they like about that? And is there anything that you can do to um, improve and serve them better? Um, uh, Paulo, would you mind answering that question first? It was an interesting journey we had with our stakeholders. Um, bringing in the tool, it was very aimed at the, the chief architects, enterprise architects. And slowly what we, we did is as we bring more data into it, so we started bringing in the roadmaps, we started bringing in you know the, the landscapes. So the chief architects started presenting that to the CIOs. Slowly we, when we started bringing in the costing in there, the, CO, the CFO started getting interested in it. So it was a, a prolonged journey. Um, we finally, about a few months ago, started hitting the CEO, which is with the, where the, the, the strategies came in. Where we could align the business strategy and the technology strategy to the views of our landscapes, um, which are business-driven. So it, it's a gradual thing. You, you, you've got to target your, your audience very, very clearly, identify your stakeholders, and publish what they want to see. So we're publishing, for example, aggregated data to a global CIO. But for your lines of business CIO, they don't, and your regional, they want to see a filtered view of the, that aggregation. So having this tool that provides you with the landscapes, the roadmaps that are targeted specifically to the scope of your, your stakeholder is quite critical because you're using the same data sets and you know, the, the, the numbers always add up, which is an important thing. Armin, did you want to comment on that also? Um, well, uh, obviously, we have we have stakeholders, especially for this IT uh, strategy view uh, uh, outside outside of IT that we converse also with the business on what is the context that we provide in 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 bridging from IT strategy and strategic initiatives down to the projects that uh, entertain those those initiatives. That is the that is the main external use case today. Yeah, what we what we want to is a bit also what Paolo has has commented on, basically to lift the discussion on on capability models and then show basically the 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 applications that support all these capabilities uh, and and to optimize and streamline and basically link it not only to the initiatives from the IT strategy but also from uh, digital initiatives because. My fundamental belief is all what we what is sold as digital initiatives will ultimately end up with applications, applications that you modify, applications that you introduce to further streamline and optimize your process or to differentiate. So you bring additional stuff in and to visualize where does it fit, where do you take the decisions, uh, then then you can lift the conversation to something that is that is what people can relate to and. The, the beauty is you, you decouple it from the organizational setup, you know, where many people, they live in their organizational boxes and they try to defend for, yeah, they defend their claim. Yeah, my, my area, my department, but you lift, you neutralize basically the organizational discussion because capabilities are there to stay. Organizations change all the time. Yeah, so 
you have you have a much longer perspective uh, in what we are doing than you know the casual reorganization because the, the the capabilities are still there and depending on your strategic direction well you need to do a bit more cost cutting and improvement here or you need to differentiate more to to position yourself in the marketplace but that is independent of how you organize it drives certain changes but then you can show and visualize and converse with the business on something that they can relate to and you go out of this nerd corner you know this guys on the machine in the machine room yeah that's that's what we what we need to get out of anyway Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. Now, if you liked what you just listened to, you can actually watch the entire Biz Design Connect conference on demand on our website. All you have to do is just visit bizdesign.com, click on resources, and then events, and you're in the right spot. And we'd love hearing from you. If you have comments, questions, or a guest that you'd like to suggest on a future episode, please send us an email at podcast at bizdesign.com. And if you enjoy the show, please also leave us a positive review on Apple and Spotify. We'd greatly appreciate it. Well, that's going to wrap up today's episode. I'm off to the trade show floor. And until next time, take care.